Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 25 years. I'm a life coach, fantasy author, and engineer. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. Hi, I'm Jesse Tugney, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 10 years now. I'm currently a student at Montana State and learning more and more about how our world works. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, feature members of the type 1 community who are just like you, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 146 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today we're discussing an idea that many people with type 1 diabetes will probably not immediately agree with, and that's the idea that we can learn how to love our type 1 diabetes. This episode may not be for everyone, and that's okay. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to share that as we record this, in a few weeks, I will be on the Stranger Connections with Lisa Olson podcast as a guest to share my plethora of hobbies with Lisa's audience and how I do not let type 1 diabetes make the decisions of my life for me. Depending on when you hear this, the episode is either out soon or already released, so be sure to head over to Stranger Connections to hear more. My win is that I went on a little bit of a longer hike this past weekend in preparation for the two summit hikes that I'm planning for Mount Jumbo and Mount Sentinel in June in the Missoula Valley. I turned off my insulin 10 minutes before leaving, which was about 15 minutes before starting the hike, I made it about a mile before it started dropping, but I slowed down a little bit. I had a grand total of five Smarty rolls from start to finish. That was one before, one after, and three at the moment of the initial drop. And I kept my insulin off all the way through getting home and taking a shower. And with all of that, I did not drop below 67 MGDL. So I had a nice, long, sustained, but steady low for that hike. And I thought it was very successful. It was just over four miles and took almost exactly two hours. So, Jesse, what is your fail this week? Well, my fail is the amount of stress that I have in my life at the moment. (laughs) As of right now, we have to move out of the dorms by the end of the week. I'm moving out probably Wednesday night and couch crashing for a few days, and then I'll have a room to myself. So that'll be really awesome. Running a room from a friend, really excited. But on top of moving out, It's also finals week, and my last final is on Thursday morning. So, yeah, it's a little stressful, but it's all good. The hack this week is short and sweet. Whenever you feel mad at your type 1 diabetes, remember that being mad at something doesn't mean you can't love it. Just means you're mad at it right now, and that's okay. This too shall pass. So, do you love your type 1 diabetes? That's the question, isn't it? It's a jarring question for probably most people with type 1 diabetes. And I ask it because more and more when we talk to guests, they get stumped when we ask, what's your favorite thing about type 1 diabetes? They usually talk about the community or the resilience they've learned from having it or getting a better picture of their health than before, which are great things, don't get me wrong. But most people don't love their type 1 diabetes. And it's never more clear than when we ask that question. We don't love love it like we love our spouse, our kids, our pet, and so on. We treat type 1 diabetes like the ugly stepchild that no one wants. 
the anchor holding us back from our dreams, the reason that we can't do things that we've wanted to since we were kids. And the thing that is in the way of living our lives on our terms. We look at diabetes as a problem that we can't solve, something wrong with us that we can't fix, and a scapegoat for all of our roller coaster emotions. But what if none of that is true? What if type 1 diabetes is not a problem? What if there's nothing wrong with you? There's, what if there's nothing to fix? What if there's no scapegoat needed? What if you could love your type 1 diabetes like you love anything else significant in your life? Because type 1 diabetes is significant. The real problem is that most of us think about type 1 diabetes in the wrong ways, which is what really leads to that frustration and blame. Now, what do I mean by loving your diabetes? Loving it does not mean that you are in love with it. It doesn't mean you like it every day. It doesn't mean that you don't sometimes wish it could be different. All of those things are true, even with other things that you love in your life. Merriam-Webster defines love in nine different ways as a noun and four ways as a verb. Love is a thing and love is an action. Now, if you do look up the Merriam-Webster definition online, I'm going to use the noun definitions 2 and 3a and verb definitions 1, 3, and 4. And those definitions are as follows. As a noun, the first one is warm attachment, enthusiasm, or devotion. For an example, love of the sea. And the second one is the object of attachment, devotion, or admiration. Example being baseball was his first love. As verbs, it means to hold dear, to cherish, to like or desire actively, to take pleasure in, as if you love to play the violin. And the last one here is to thrive in. And the example is the rose loves sunlight. How could we possibly love type 1 diabetes in these contexts and with these definitions? How can we have a warm attachment or enthusiasm for type 1 diabetes? And how can we hold it dear and cherish and take pleasure in it? And maybe our favorite question here is how can we thrive in type 1 diabetes? Not in spite of it, but because of it. Like a rose thrives in sunlight, how can we thrive in type 1 diabetes? And the key, the answer is always, always is going to be how we think about it. I've said this hundreds of times that how we think about things determines how we experience them. If you have loving thoughts, you're going to have a loving experience. You've heard me talk about the model before. If you want a really in-depth understanding of the model and how it works, I highly recommend checking out the Life Coach School podcast by Brooke Castillo, since she came up with the framework of the model and is the expert in it. As a quick recap, there are circumstances in the world we can't change. Facts, things that happen, diagnoses. Go back and listen to the diabetes circumstances episode again for a refresher on all the diabetes circumstances that we could experience. Then we have thoughts about those circumstances. Those thoughts cause feelings in our bodies. Those feelings drive us into action or inaction. And those actions create a result for us in our lives. Here's a diabetes model. Type 1 diabetes is a circumstance. You have a thought about diabetes. That thought will generate either a positive emotion or a negative emotion. That emotion will dictate the type of actions or inactions you take in regards to your diabetes and the rest of your life that's affected by diabetes. Those actions altogether will turn into your ultimate experience of diabetes, which you either want or don't want. Now remember from before, love is both a feeling and an action. The feeling will be the phys will be a physical experience inside your body. Maybe you can't help but smile or 
you're totally relaxed and open, or there's some butterflies in your stomach. Think about the other things in your life that you love. How does your body react when you feel that? The way we can figure out love as an action is to ask, what would be a loving thing to do? And this is the very bare bones of how Gary Chapman came up with the five love languages. What are the things that speak love to us? What actions or behaviors do we attach meaning to so that we feel more loved? If you want to love your type 1 diabetes, you have to think loving thoughts about it. Consider how you think about the other objects of love in your life. And I'm just going to list a few here that resonate with me. I'm so grateful to have my husband in my life. My family has taught me so much. I wouldn't be where I am today without my work dad pushing me to be better. My cat makes me laugh so much, and she really does. Owning a business is the best challenge. My church family is such a blessing. Now notice something here. If you replace the subject in any of those six sentences with type 1 diabetes, do your feelings change? I'm so grateful to have type 1 diabetes in my life. Diabetes has taught me so much. I wouldn't be where I am without type 1 diabetes pushing me to be better. Diabetes makes me laugh so much. Type 1 diabetes is the best challenge. Having diabetes is such a blessing. If you do not feel love or any other positive emotion after swapping out the subject, you might still have work to do if you choose to. You don't have to love your type 1 diabetes, but I want to offer that loving it might be the most selfless thing you can do toward your diabetes. Loving things always feels better than hating them. How can you treat your diabetes with love? What are the loving actions you take that demonstrate to your own brain that type 1 diabetes is something is not something to be blamed or hated, but something to be cherished and thrived in? Stealing again from the five love languages, here are some very quick examples of how to show your love for type 1 diabetes. Physical touch. Take care of your body where your injections go. Infusion sites, CGMs, finger pokes, pens. The physical symptoms of highs and lows. Taking care of yourself when you're feeling those physical symptoms. Take naps, sit down, slow down. Pay attention to the sensations in your body. How can you take care of yourself? Words of affirmation. Don't put your condition down. Stop talking negatively about it. Saying you wish you didn't have it constantly. Using it as a scapegoat or an object of blame. What can you say instead? Acts of service. Thinking ahead with your meals, your exercise, your other circumstances to make better decisions in the moment. Do you really want to eat that slice of pizza if you know you will get mad later when the high will take four or more hours to come down? How can you act now in the best service of your future self? who still has type 1 diabetes. Quality time. Take the time to figure out what works best with your diabetes. Your energy patterns, your basal profiles, your typical reactions to food, sleep, and exercise. Spending time and learning more about type 1 diabetes, the condition, and how you respond to make the overall experience more positive. And then receiving gifts. Do you feel like your meter case is too drab? Then treat yourself to a MyBetic bag. Get some fun pump stickers. Go wild with the overlay patch designs. Protect your insulin vials with colorful anti-break silicone. Try out different types of low snacks. Give yourself gifts to show that you are loving yourself, too. Now, I'll end here with a more complete model on loving type 1 diabetes. Again, the circumstance is type 1 diabetes. If I think, diabetes makes me laugh so much, that makes me feel love. And from that space of love, I look at all the humor in type 1 diabetes. I might even make my own memes about it. I figure out what about it makes me laugh so much, and then I brainstorm ways to repeat it. 
And my result is that I create more opportunities to laugh with type 1 diabetes. Diabetes may make me laugh a lot, but only because I purposefully choose that thought and feel some measure of love for my type 1 diabetes. Now, I hope this episode resonates with you. It makes you think just a little bit differently about how you approach your type 1 diabetes. I promise that loving it is possible for you too. Jesse, do you have any final thoughts about loving type 1 diabetes? It can be a very much love-hate relationship sometimes, and sometimes you can feel abused, and that's okay because diabetes does suck occasionally. But there's also a lot of opportunities that come from being diabetic and things that normal people, again, I quote, normal people will not understand, like the sense of community, the sense of pride, the sense of overall commitment we have to something. And honestly, those are some things that I really wouldn't give back because they're such like pillars of a good foundational relationship you have with your body and your health. And diabetes really does teach you, whether you like it or not, to slow down and take care of yourself. So just kind of love, if you can't love diabetes itself, love some of the aspects that come from it. That's really good. I will say that I believe wholeheartedly that the phrase diabetes is hard is a circumstance. Like I'm not going to argue with that. Like diabetes itself is a circumstance. Diabetes is hard. It's also a circumstance that I'm not going to convince anybody otherwise of. But thinking something like diabetes sucks, that's optional. Like, diabetes can be hard, but then what? Do we want to choose to think that it sucks or do we want to choose to think that we can learn how to be better with it? What is our question for the audience this week? All right. Our question for you guys is what ways do you love your diabetes right now as it is? If that question is too challenging, consider some ways that you could learn and take a break to love your diabetes. Now, I believe you can't truly live a fulfilling life when you're dragging diabetes behind you as if it's an anchor that you didn't ask for. In an episode of Dave Morano's podcast, he says that the opposite of perfection is acceptance, because once you accept something, then you can make a decision about it. Do you accept your diagnosis, the daily circumstance of type 1 diabetes? If you're trying to maintain perfect blood sugars, perfect time and range, perfect this, perfect that, I'm guessing the answer is no. And that's what I can help you reach, accepting the reality of your type 1 diabetes so that you can decide how you want to live on purpose with it. Not with it as an anchor, but as this extra thing along for the ride that makes you stronger and more resilient and 10 times more likely to reach your goals than anyone who doesn't have to deal with it. Head over to inspiredforward.com coaching to get started. And that is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 146. That's the number 146. Apply to be a guest by visiting thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. I'm on all social media as at inspiredforward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. And we're on Instagram. Isn't that awesome? Our podcast name is This Is Type 1 Pod. That's the number one. And I'm personally on Instagram too as at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. And if you do reach out on Instagram, please just make sure you let me know you're a listener. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, 
If you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.